Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Define University podcast. And not just any episode, it's episode 25, which if you have been following along uh, along this journey of mine, you know that it is Q&A. So every fifth episode, I take and highlight three questions that I've been asked really in between the last time I did a Q&A and I give my my answers, my you know insight into kind of what I think, where I, where I would go, what I would do um, to just help answer those questions that, that so many educators have. And uh, I love to use that plat- this platform for that reason as we, you know, just we continue to do what we are doing. You know, I think as educators, we are, you know, we're headed into summer. As I'm recording this, I have a couple days left until official summer break. Um, but I also know that that doesn't mean I ever take off my teacher hat or my behavior specialist hat, if you will. Um, it's a lifestyle, right? This career, yes, it's a career, but it's something I'm so passionate about. It is something that inspires me to continue learning any, any day, week, month of the year. It's not something that I turn off. Now, of course, something I speak a lot about is that work-life blend. So how I always say it is that it's always equates to 100% me, right? So over those summer months, July and August, sure, my my work percentage, if you will, might be a little lower, but it's not, it doesn't ever usually get to zero. And, and that's okay because that is, you know, again, it's part of my purpose and my passion is educating, is teaching others. And, and so it, I don't know that I would feel like me if it ever got to zero percent. But remember, you get to decide what that 100% looks like any given day. And we get the ability to choose every single day what that's going to look like. So when I talk about creating the life that you get to live or you want to live every single day, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You can take all those roles that you have and you get to decide what part of me is going into that role today and what part of me is gonna go into this one. But make sure Absolutely make sure that at the end of the day, it's 100% you because that's what we need. We need you to show up in your authenticity and to uh, love the life that you're living because it's your life. All right, so we, what do I have for you today? I've got three questions that um, they all kind of relate to the same theme. I think so many educators right now, while we are celebrating summer and we're excited and, and we're recharging, we're also thinking about, we're, we're thinking about fall, we're thinking about heading forward and what that's going to look like. And uh, so we are going to cover one of the questions I got was from an educator that recently got a new position uh, in a new type of role. She's going to be working in a self-contained classroom with students that that mostly have um, emotional behavioral uh, disabilities, however, not all. And, and so, you know, her question really was, what are the most effective tools that I need, you know, as a, as a new teacher in this role? And so that got my head spinning. Uh, so I'm going to share some insight about that. I'm also going to answer the question of just, I think that's really on every educator's mind, which is what can I do to be ready for fall? And then we're going to wrap up this episode by talking about Um, kind of a statement question that I got, and it was from an educator saying, I keep hearing a lot about connection and relationships. 
what can I do to, to get them? And, and so I was talking with this educator and what it was is, and I, and I totally understand where she was coming from. We do, there's posts, there's webinars, there's podcasts, there's all information out there that says, you know, the why, why is it so important to connect and build relationships? But what often is, is can be, or can be missing is how. So how do I build those relationships? What action steps can I take? So I am going to give you five action steps that I take. Now, these are not the only five. These are five. Relationships and connections is a topic I could spend hours on. But for the sake of today's episode, as you know, I like to keep these ideally short and sweet so that you can you can get this information and you can go apply it into your life. We're going we're gonna to pick five and go from there. So, all right, let's, so let's go back to question one. So question one again was, what are the most effective tools for new teachers? And I think before I give, so I have five. If you can't tell, that's it's just a good number I like. It's a number I always go to. Um, but really, I think before we even talk about what tools, I think the number one thing is find tools that have multiple uses. Right. So, you know, again, our classrooms, they're not they're not huge. Um, typically, again, the classrooms I worked in were not that big. You know, I think it was something I always wanted more space. But then it comes down to can you find tools? Can you use things for multiple uses? And so that's just something I just wanted to throw in there because I think it's important to remember we don't always need something new. Think about what you have first and then can you reapply it in a different way or is there something you can use in a different way? All right, so, and then the second piece before I, I know I'm, I'm giving you teasers here, before we dive into my list is I want you to know my list is going to be a little bit different. If you haven't figured out yet, I tend to give strategies that are not the, I guess, typical, if you will. Why? Because I know you can go find those. I know you can go Google search or internet search, you know, effective tools for new teachers, and you will get thousands, if not millions of responses. So instead, since you're taking the time to listen to this podcast, I'm going to give you some things that maybe you can't find or maybe you haven't thought about or maybe that are going to have you go, hmm, that's a good idea or I've never thought about that. Let me think about it. So here we are. We're going to start with the first one and it is a mirror. Yes, a mirror. And no, it's not to check your teeth after lunch, although that can absolutely help, but it's to remind you of who you are showing up for every single day. And I know the first thought you had is it might have been but I show up for my students. Well, absolutely you do. You might show up for your colleagues. Absolutely. You show up because you signed a contract and you said, I'm going to be here every day. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, who are you showing up for needs to be answered with me, myself, and I in order to build your momentum moving forward. And I know if you are someone that has, has not put your, learned to put yourself first or at the top of your own podium, if you are not your number one fan slash cheerleader every single day, this is going to feel awkward. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And that's the exact place I want you to be. Because here's the deal. <laughs> Things change. Things change every day that are out of our control. And the one thing I can control is me. So I have a mirror in my office. I had one in, in the last two positions I've also had close to me to remind myself, who am I showing up for? And that mirror quickly became a signal that when I saw it, when I walked past and I saw myself, not only could I check my facial expressions, am I smiling? Do I look like I want to be there? Am I having a great time? Because if not, guess what? That's my cue to change it and get a smile on my face and remind myself why I am where I am. 
And, and two, it reminds myself, it reminds me that I, that I need to come first of why I'm doing what I'm doing. What is my why? So put a mirror in your classroom. The second thing that I think is really effective, an effective tool, is to have a private way for all students in your classroom to check in. So this is why I love things like Google Forms. It is private. Privacy always prevails. You can post it, but I just, again, if you're using, if you have the names on the other side, if you have some way to keep it private. I personally, if you're able to use sheets that they hand into you, and or technology for this, I say go technology. I love it. You can set up a super easy Google form where kids fill it out either at the beginning of the period, the beginning of the day, so you can do a real quick check using the graphs that are automatically calculated and you can see who is who, who are my targets today? Who do I need to check in with first? Who, where do I need to prioritize my energy? Where do I need to be? So I think having that private way to check in with your students is essential. The next thing is a joy folder or corner in your classroom. And again, this is for you. Just like the mirror, this is for you. Guys, teaching's tough. We're gonna have tough days. We're gonna have challenging moments. And our brain very quickly can hold on to those and think that they are quote unquote normal or they are how it's going to be. They are what the expectation should be and that's just not true. But what happens in those moments is it's really hard to find things that have gone well because we are hyper-focused on what isn't or has not gone well. So have a folder. I keep one in my email. I keep one again um, for paper copies at my desk. In my classroom, when I was in the classroom, I had a corner by my desk that had just things that brought me joy. Things that when I looked at similar to the mirror, it reminded me that every day has something positive in it. Every day has meaning. I learn through these situations. I grow every day. I'm better today than yesterday. And I learn through today to grow into tomorrow. But sometimes we need, just like our students need visual, sometimes we as the adults, we also need those visual reminders. The, the fourth um, tool is I think it's more of a connection. I think very often classrooms will have expectations posted in their classroom. I'm going to encourage you to take it one step further and I'm going to encourage you the tool is to have your expectations connected to values. So expectations on their own are great, but they become even better when they connect to a value. The value is the why. What is the purpose in the expectation? If I expect students to be on time to my class every single day, why? What, what's the why behind it? Is it just because it's what I said? Is it because it's what I think? No, it's because it's teaching the value of integrity, not only to yourself, but to the other person's time. You are teaching the importance and value of time by being somewhere on time so someone else isn't waiting for you and you keep the schedule moving. So keep or tie your expectations to your values and make them a prominent functional part of your classroom. If your students are, are facing kind of all directions, I recommend put one copy on the front and one copy on the back. If you have students facing forward, maybe you can do one just in the front, but have it in, it's, it's meant to be a functional tool so that you are referring to it daily. You are referring to it in those moments when they, when they or you need those reminders. 
Because that's a side note. So often I hear, you know, the students need to learn the expectations. The students need to learn the values. And I say, no, the classroom needs to learn the expectations. The classroom needs to implement the values. Because as the educator, as the teacher, you are just as much as part of that part of that community. I'm getting on my soapbox here. And it's so important that not only are you holding students accountable, but students are students are holding students accountable and students are also holding you accountable as the teacher. That's how we embrace that circular community collaborative feel. I learn from you and you learn from me. Okay, we're, we're rocking and rolling here. All right, the last tool that I, that I love, I cannot live without, and this is anywhere, at home, at work, you name it, is timers. And again, though, I think make sure they are functional. What is the purpose? What are you doing? So I love timers because it helps show students what are we doing, how much do I have to do, when am I done, and when are we moving on? And I can do, I can answer most of those questions by putting a digital timer up on the screen on the front board. And so I then can get in with the groups and I can get into listening and talking and, and walking around the classroom, seeing what they are doing instead of constantly giving those verbal reminders. Anytime you can replace a verbal prompt that you have to give with a visual prompt, such as a timer, then you are reducing the dependency that your students have on you as the teacher, and you're increasing their ability to be independent by self-monitoring their own time, their time management, their organization, and essentially their attention and productivity. So tell me, like, that's amazing. If I can get all that from literally using a timer, sign me up. All right, so the other thing I did with this, because I, I thought, okay, those were what came to my mind first. But I also reached out to some of the amazing, amazing educators that I work with that are either part of the Define You crew over in my Facebook group, uh, members of Ignite Your Legacy and my monthly mastermind, my monthly membership. Um, and I just I asked them, what what are your favorite tools? And, and I love their answers. So one one said visuals. And yes, I cannot I cannot express my love for visuals. Again, I will add in there, make sure they're functional. Don't just put something up on the wall because you think you should. You know what I'm going to say? Get out of shouldville. Put it on your wall because it's purposeful for the students that you are serving. I love this. One person said smiles and high fives. And I thought, you know what? That is a perfect tool. That is the absolute perfect tool because a smile, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't take any time at all. And it's something that we can so easily do, yet has the biggest, it's, it's one of those things that just gives you the biggest bang for your buck, if you know what I mean. It's so simple and so important. Um, of course, laminator got thrown in there, right? We love our laminators. Uh, one educator loves using a wireless doorbell, which I love. Those kind of came on the scene after I got out of the classroom, but I have seen them, I have seen them in action. And again, I love it because it's auditory. It takes the, well, it's it's auditory, it takes the the adult does not have to keep speaking. It's not the adult giving directions. It's a really quick, simple cue that can cue the students into what is going on. I've seen teachers use the wireless doorbell that has multiple settings. So again, whether it's you know five minutes left or time to transition or just getting too noisy, there's different cues, different prompts and, and auditory sounds for each of those. So again, putting that onus, that ownership on the students, which is so essential in our classrooms today. 
Uh, two other quick ones that were mentioned are celebration charts. And I am all about celebrations. I'm all about gratitude and celebration. So if you are not currently celebrating with your class, I highly encourage you to try it out. All it is is put a, you know, put a weight sheet of paper, put a sheet of paper up on the board and throughout the day, mark your celebrations. What are you celebrating and celebrate it all. I think so often it's hard for adults to celebrate. Well, it's hard for kids to celebrate too, because it's not, if it's not something we do daily, it feels uncomfortable. It feels awkward. You mean you want me to celebrate that I, we read a story today? Yeah, we're going to celebrate that you read a story today because that's amazing. You are growing as a reader. So it's pointing out all the celebrations that happen. And then it gives you that, that accountability with your, with your students that it's not just about doing X, Y, and Z. It's about a community feel in the classroom. The last one is uh, whiteboards. And I love whiteboards because one, you can turn them into any visual. So that pairs back to the visual, but also they're just easy, right? They're so simple. And back to what I talked about before, a tool with multiple uses, you can use a whiteboard for so many things. So having a class set would be, would be amazing, would be ideal. Um, let me see. Okay. So yes. Okay. Question one. I think we covered it. Feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good with question one. All right, question two was what can I do to be ready for fall? And this, it's a loaded question, right? Because we still don't know what fall is going to look like. Here's what I can tell you. Well, first, what I can tell you is I absolutely will be doing more podcast episodes about this as I continue learning more, as I think as a, as a country, we learn more. So absolutely, this will not be the last time I address this question. But for the sake of today's episode, here's what I got for you. So I think be ready for the most restrictive, but but hope for the least restrictive. So for me, the most restrictive is, is what we've been doing, is, is e-learning, virtual learning, that kind of thing. So be ready for that because it might happen. And, it, and again, it might be that we start in school, but if there is another spike, then we're going to be back home. So be ready for that. Use what we just, we just, I don't even want to say lived through, like champion through, lived what we just did and take that and use that as a predictable measure when you're doing your reflections. What went well? What's going to stay? What didn't go well? What do I need to add? Those are all pieces that are going to be really essential so that the, the, the goal is to get into the least restrictive, which is to get back into our classrooms. The next thing is, it's, it's really simple, but again, I think it's something that we overlook, is make it fun. You know, we've had kids out of school for a really, really, really long time. The last thing they're going to want to do is go back to school and have it be boring. So we've got to make it fun. We've got to make it exciting. We've got to make it explosive almost, right? Like do things that really celebrate teamwork, that celebrate bonding and classroom community, all of those things so that they can't wait to come back the next day. Focus on who you are. You know, I, I'm, I'm nervous for our students, but I'm not going to lie. I'm really nervous for our teachers, too, because I see all that you guys are doing every single day. You are doing amazing, amazing, amazing things. And I want to make sure that you're putting yourself again at the top of the podium. We've got to take care of our needs. We've got to take care of who we are and have those boundaries and not work, you know, 24 hours a day and do all the things and really learn to say, what is it that's essential? Where am I prioritizing my energy? And what is it that, I, that I'm trusting in today to know that what I do today is going to lead me into tomorrow? So that leads me into the next one, which is less is more. Especially during a transition, the more things we add in, the more complex things get. 
So what I want to encourage you to do instead is focus on those connections, focus on those relationships, make it fun, make it interactive, and know that it's okay to do those project-based learning. Start with a passion project. Start with learning about your students in a way that they have autonomy and can demonstrate mastery because then you're going to build your year on success and confidence, which is going to build your momentum through the year. And remember, we have a year. We have, you know, again, maybe 10 months. We've got, a, we've got time with our students. It is okay to do less in the beginning to gain more as we go through. The last thing that I think is really crucial as we are getting ready for fall is to envision what you want it to look like. You know, what, what is your classroom going to sound like? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like? Brain dump that all out, write it all out, get it all out on paper, because if we can see it, then we can create it. I fully believe that. But we have to know what is it that we're envisioning? Where are we trying to get to so that I know what action steps that I need to take to get there. So envision what it's going to look like. Don't wait until the day of and then decide, oh, if you, let me throw it this way. If you were planning a party, if you were planning a party, would you wait until the day of to say, well, I guess now I'll go do this, this, and this? Probably not. I, I would not at least. I need, I'm a planner, so I need to plan in advance. But again, you'd start thinking of things. How many people are coming? What Who's coming? What kind of food do I need? What decorations am I going to get? Are we going to have kids? Do I need kids games? Do I need this? Do I need that? So you would be in that. That's the envisioning part. I'm going to envision it first and then I'm going to take action. I'm going to encourage you to do the exact same thing with school for fall. What do you want it to look like, sound like, or feel like? And then you get to take that brain dump, that vision, and you're going to make action steps from there. All right, so that's question one, and that was question two. Now let's head into question three. And again, this one was really looking at, you know, I keep hearing and I understand the importance of connection and relationships, but how do I actually do it? What steps can I take? And, and again, I want to make sure if you have as the focus that you are building and strengthening relationships, you're already more than halfway there because the mindset behind it is essential. We have to understand that the mindset for connection and relationship is one, is because it's a human need. We're all hardwired for that connection. It's something we all need. It's not some kids, some people need it and some don't. It's the levels and the intensity might vary, but we all, we all need it. So if you are, if you have that mindset of, I know why, I understand why, then, then give yourself a pat on the back and trust that you're more than halfway there because that's a huge piece of it. So we, so we have the mindset. Now we talk about the language. So language we use is again, it's going to be getting to know the students, sharing your story because your story is your superpower. Share your story, share your authenticity, share your mistakes. Share what doesn't work, share what does, share it all. That's the language we want to be thinking because that is going to build trust and establish trust within your classroom with your students. Trust really to me forms when what I say matches what I do. So now we're gonna be using that language. Now let's talk about, again, five quick things that we can do to build those relationships. The first is what I call be an ace when you're interacting. So A stands for acknowledged by their first name. What if I don't know their first name? That's a question I often get. Ask them. <laughs> Ask them what their name is. Hey, I'm Mrs. Titus. I haven't met you yet. What's your name? That's, that's Guys, that's all it, it's all it has to be. It's super easy. With that too, make sure you're pronouncing their name 
how they want their name to be pronounced. So ask them and ask them, am I pronouncing it right? Is that correct? Ask them for feedback a few times if it's a name that you aren't familiar with. Make sure you're checking in with them because again, what can often happen is we say their name at one time, but then maybe it looks like someone else's name. And then so in our minds, we might shift it without even thinking. So make sure you're asking those questions. So the A is acknowledged by first name. The C is compliment first. So say something about the student that compliments them first before you give some type of feedback or before you tell them to stop doing something or all the other things. Because why? Because some of our most challenging kids, the students that are the hardest to connect with or build a relationship with, most of the time, they don't have nice things said to them. And I, and I hate saying it that way, but that's just it. They're often told more often than not what not to do or to stop doing that or why can't you just do this? They aren't used to having those compliments given. They aren't used to the things, hey, I love seeing you here today. Thanks for coming. Or that's an awesome shirt. Where'd you get it? I love that. What's that logo stand for? Those are some awesome shoes. Man, Those you must kick it on the basketball court with those. All right, those are what I'm talking about in terms of compliments. And you, if you have a student that isn't used to that, you'll know this because you'll say it and they'll kind of look at you like, Okay, but what else are you, what, what, what did you really want to tell me? And sometimes I stop the conversation right there. Even if there was something I, I was going to say to the student, there's sometimes if I get that look and I'm like, man, they just needed that compliment today. I drop it right there. That's it. That's all I wanted to share. Thanks so much. See you later. Thanks for chatting. You know, and I have that conversation. The E in the ACE stands for eye contact and proximity, which basically means give them your attention. Make sure you're not doing this while you're distracted. Make sure you're not talking to them, but then looking down the hall. These are all things, these are three quick, simple things actually that you can do to again, start that connection, strengthen that relationship. The second thing I do is I really focus on the first one to three minutes, either of your school day or of your class period. That's why I say one to three, because I understand if you only have students for 40 minutes, three minutes at the beginning, and then I'm also gonna tell you do it at the end, that's that's six minutes, that's a long time. I'm, I think it's worth it because you're connecting and building relationships, but it's okay. You know, again, you pick what works, one to three minutes, but it's the first and the last. And that means you're not talking about academics. That means you're not reminding them of the homework they need to do that night. That means you're not reminding them of the homework they didn't do the night before or the test that's tomorrow or anything else academic. You're asking them questions. You're sharing things about your day, what you're going to have for dinner, where you're going after school, what, what club your daughter has or anything like that. And you're asking questions as a way to connect during the, the first few minutes and the last few minutes of the day. The next thing is spend time with students when you don't have to be spending time with students. And I and again, I know our, our initial thing is to say, but, you know, I already don't have time in the day. Now, where do I add this? I'm talking one to two minutes here. Again, you will notice nothing on this list is going to take more than three minutes. Because when we talk about spending time when we don't have to, it's things like being out on the bus loop and saying hi to kids. It's walking out with them to the bus. It's, you know, walking through the cafeteria and stopping for a few minutes and having a conversation. It's swinging by a study hall and just saying, hey, I was thinking about you, wanted to check in, how you doing, anything I can help with. It's those things. It's spending time when we aren't required to be there. Number four is get to know your students outside of being a student. Now, I would love it if you can go in the community and see them in action, right? Doing their sports, seeing them at church, doing all those things. 
If you can't though, even the, even the conversations you hold can be essential. So hold those conversations, get to know them as a person, as a child, as an adult, as an adolescent, as a young adult, get to know them for who they are outside of school, because that's going to strengthen your relationship. If you have a student that's just not great at school, academics don't come easy. If the only thing you're talking to them about is academics, it's going to be really hard to strengthen that connection. But if you can see them as a student out or as a person outside of the student role, you're going to have more things to connect on. You're going to have more things to talk about, and you're going to have more of an opportunity to build a relationship that is long lasting for years to come, not just the one year you have them in your class. The last thing I will mention is to hear what they are saying, not how they are saying it. So one of the quickest ways that we head into power struggles, which, which is disconnection, right? It's the opposite of connection. It's, it's arguing for the sake of winning a competition. If you haven't heard me say it before, guys, if we're in it to win it, we've already lost. And so instead, when I hear what they are saying, not how they're saying it, I'm able to take a step back and I'm able to say, wow, they're really upset about something. What is it? Then I get to connect with them. I get to ask questions and I get to listen, truly listen to their experience and what's going on. Not so I can jump in and save them and solve it for them and fix it, but so that I can coach, mentor, and guide and teach. That is what you know I believe our roles as educators is. And so that is what we can do when we are connecting and building relationships. And the last thing I will add with relationships is to make sure, again, that mindset piece is, is, is crucial. Make sure our mindset for relationships is not that it's something, it's not a checkbox on your to-do list. It's not something I just do every day because I should do it. Again, out of shouldville. But instead, realize that relationships are strengthened and built on the action steps that you do take every day. So it's a, a very small difference. It's some clarity there. It's not something I'm going to do because the book told me I should do it. Or I listened to a podcast and Lindsay said I should. No, it's because we know that relationships and connection are one, human needs. And two, they're the precursors to any learning that's happening. They are the ability to connect so that then I can learn. And so when we do that, when we implement these strategies, we realize that as the educator, as the leader in the classroom, as one of the leaders in the classroom, because I, I wholeheartedly believe students are leaders too, as one of the leaders in the classroom, I am owning up and saying, I'm going to build this relationship with you. But part of that, I can only control the part that I bring. And the part that I bring is realizing that the mindset, the language, and the actions that I have every single day are what are going to lead to transformative change in my classroom with my students. All right, you guys, there you have it. There is three questions, a whole bunch of answers. I so hope you found something helpful from today's episode. You guys know I absolutely love these Q&A, so keep the questions coming. Episode 30, which again, will be in just about five weeks, will be a brand new set of questions and new answers just for you as we are really at that middle part to summer, at least it will be for me. So I am excited to, to bring that. So please, again, don't hesitate to message me, email me. You can head on right over to the website too, defineuniversity.com. Head to the podcast tab and you can you can ask a question right there. Before we, before we end, before I say farewell for this week ahead, I just want to remind you that Creative Connections is open. That is my monthly membership. 
where there is exclusive uh, podcast episodes every month. There's an interactive webinar. There is a video training library, resource library that's got videos on that, that are added every month on new topics as well as my absolute favorite part is there are two group coaching calls. So one of the reasons I absolutely love this is because so often you listen to a podcast, you you know watch a webinar, you check out a video, but then you have questions. You have questions as it applies to your real life classroom or your real life students. So where do you go? You know, it's hard to ask those questions over Messenger and Instagram or Facebook or email. So this way, every other week, you get to pop on a Zoom call and ask your questions. And not only am I gonna give my feedback, but you're gonna get supportive feedback and accountability from other educators in the membership. So that is that has started. We are rocking and rolling. I absolutely love the educators there and I would love for you to be a part of it. So if you are interested, again, message me, check out the website and I would be happy to share details with you. They'll also be in the show notes for you to check out if that's something that sounds interesting for you. All right, you guys, there we have it. Another amazing episode. I would love for you to rate and review it. Subscribe. Let me know what you love. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Have a beautiful and an amazing week ahead. And as always, we'll talk soon.